Hello people, welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope you're all very well. This is episode 50. We made it to half a century of face-to-face conversations um, held in venues, houses, uh, tour buses, tents, festivals, coffee shops, um, hotels, pubs and, and many other venues across Yorkshire. Now before we start this episode, I just want to thank everyone who has given their time to have a conversation and um, so all the guests um, Alan and Kieran and Mosh for their help with recordings and the technical side of things at points and everyone that has listened uh, even got in touch shared this podcast and, and helped spread the word it's massively massively appreciated so thank you um, and none of these episodes would have happened at all without the various PR companies that have dealt with my many many excessive emails um the artist managers tour managers who fit these into their busy days of of the touring party and this actually moves us on nicely to our guest for episode 50 which is the wonderful tree stead tour manager extraordinaire for frank turner and the sleeping souls amongst others now i first met tree in january 2019 um, and she got me past the security um, and through the labyrinth that is the first direct arena in leeds um, in order to record episodes 10 and 12 with frank turner and nigel powell um, during the mammoth be kind tour um, and that had amazing supports from grace petrie and jimmy Eat world good lineup well done um, it was clear, genuinely, from from the brief interaction that we had that day, that she was just shit hot at her job. Um, she ensured that the the smooth running of of that day and the general day to day life of the touring crew um, happened and went according to plan. And that includes, you know, rounding up members of the band's crew and um, and as happened on that day, um, facilitating multiple interviews and and even pulling people out of said interviews to go and sound check. Um, that's totally my bad on that one. Um, sorry about that, Tree. Yeah, hopefully, I think she's forgiven me. Um, now we have then crossed paths a few times, um, and I've heard through other people that Tree can legitimately claim to have the title of best tour manager. Um, as she has actually won an award for that exact reason. Um, and having seen the impact that the the pandemic has had on the non-touring um, and the non-performing side, I guess of the of the live music industry, um, it's it's massively highlighted um, by the the We Make Live movement. Um, and it felt right to chat to someone who has actually gone through this, um, and he's back on the road. Um, and unsurprisingly, Tree was an absolute delight and gave a, a really fun conversation. Um, I had a great time. This was another one recorded at Slam Dunk, a very busy day for Tree um, as she was negotiating two gigs on the same day for um, for both Frank and previous guest Matt. Um, and she still managed to squeeze some time in with me. So thank you very much. And I think that's enough of me jabbering on for this bit. Um, here is episode 50 with Treestead. I'm here with, with Treestead at Slam Dunk. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Nice to see you again. Yes, you too. So I've hassled you many times and uh, and you've obliged and given me time with various of, of Frank's touring parties. So 
I figured I had some questions for you, so <laughs> I, I thought I'd reach out and see if you were available. And thanks very much for giving up some of your time, on which I'm sure is a very busy day. With I believe Frank's got two gigs today. We've had a very busy weekend. We've had uh, the U.S. Embassy visit yesterday morning in London, okay. and then a show in Hull that evening, um, and and then today, yeah, show in Sam Dunk this afternoon, and then. A duo show in Birmingham this evening. We don't normally do two, two <laughs> things per day, but we just thought we'd just fire things in three days. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> so what, what was the embassy about? That sounds exciting. US embassy. We're going to America in three weeks. Right, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Which is a whole other level of um, fun. Uh, but, but yeah, so we had to get our visas because the embassy's been shut. Right. Um, so they've been chasing up uh, catching up on everybody's visas you okay. now have to have a national interest exemption to get right. past the travel ban as well which is uh, another layer of stuff yeah. so we had to get all in and the only date they could get us in was <laughs> yesterday and just I went take what you can get yeah I was like no you know, oh, can we just do another date and they went yeah and it was three days before we fly and I was like I don't think <laughs> no. we have a choice here so absolutely not I'd pull it out the bag that's what I'm paid to do well done <laughs> well done and and so just to explain Tree, Tree is Frank Turner's tour manager um, and award winning tour manager as well I believe I am thank you very much well done <laughs> well done yes I, I do remember hearing a somebody saying oh no Frank's got the, the best tour manager um, ever. And then someone going, oh, yeah, yeah. And they go, no, no, like, it's certified. There's an award. <laughs> it is yeah. on my signature, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. So how, how on earth do you kind of get into this sort of thing? So uh, I knew I wanted to work in the music industry from when I was very young. Uh, I just I love music. I started going to gigs when I was like 14. Um, Tunbridge Wells Forum was my local okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, gig. 150 cap I think yeah. and I used to go every Thursday Friday and Saturday I just bought tickets for it didn't yeah. matter what was on but that was in the 90s so the first band I saw there was Space wow yeah and yeah. the second band the next day Stereophonics played brilliant and they were the Good first time. two bands I saw there yeah um, and it really you know ignited my passion I I knew kind of straight away that I wanted to tour but okay. the only job I could see when I went to a show was the sound engineer yeah. because that's all I could see that was there so I went oh I guess I'll be a sound engineer um, fast forward did some uni stuff uh, to do sound engineering and a lot of other things and um, realised I wasn't actually that good at it okay. <laughs> it was a real I did it but it was a real struggle I wasn't a natural yeah. uh, I kind of hated every second of it um, <laughs> went out did like a year on the road with like doing London shows with yeah. another girl from my course and another girl doing, doing sound engineering three women all very young early 20s mm-hmm. came across quite a lot of backlash from guys in the industry I think we just were really? quite young and green and that put me off it yeah. really put me off that's, that's horrendous but I knew that I always had a backup of uh, admin is my thing okay. I love spreadsheets Yeah, I love admin and so I kind of knew I could do that but I didn't know that tour managing existed and that's just admin on the road yeah yeah it's just admin on the tour bus that's yeah. all it is so <laughs> Uh, as soon as I kind of uh, I, I, I started living with people and running nightclubs and stuff in London mm-hmm. um, in the early 2000s um, getting you know we had a lot of bands playing that were coming through like the Kooks and Mum and yeah. Sons and all these people and um, uh, friends of mine some guys I lived with started a band uh, called the Holloways and oh, they yeah. um, they 
wanted to they they were touring a little bit and they decided they wanted to drink and they knew I drove and I didn't I don't drink so they said do you want to drive us for a tour and I said yeah okay I'll drive you for a tour um so I thought right day one what do I need to know I need to know where we're going how to get there pre-sat nav yeah uh, what time we need to meet what time we need to arrive um can we get all the gear in the van am I insured on the van yeah this is all common sense to me and I turned up and they went you've just done a tour manager's job and I was like have I <laughs> okay well it's obvious though isn't it yeah. and um yeah and so I started doing that with them and then within a year they had a top 10 hit and we skyrocketed yeah and then 15 years later nearly 20 years later I'm here wow <laughs> <laughs> amazing so you kind of accidentally fell into I, yeah, it just I, I tried by being it. organized it's right time right place for yeah. these sorts of things i mean i tried it i tried a route in that i thought was the only way in yeah didn't work out and then it just i was in the right um circles mm. i was just kind of mixed with the right people I, they, these were my people anyway and yeah. um what i realized very quickly in london was that everyone's in a band but not many people are tour managers so yeah. <laughs> i was kind of filling a void and i was there was a lot of bands like that's why i ended up working with mystery jets and yeah and lots of people like that because i was one of the only female tour managers in london at times so. yeah so I've, i yeah i've got it's, i think in the back it, about it now uh, i have a friend who was a, a, a tour manager for a while he's during the pandemic he started a family and so decided he's he's retired he's, he's only like 28 so he's retired <laughs> from the live the good guys the go industry. Um, but yeah he, he fell into it he was guitar teching for, yeah. for people and then all of a sudden he was just like this is so disorganised I can't take it and just uh, just basically started organising yeah. shit for people and then people were like oh yeah can you come and do that for us this is it, it it's such a it's quite a unique job but it really takes a certain type of person to do it and it's, I don't think it's the sort of job for someone who feels like they like are asked to organise people. Mm-hmm. I think it ends up being people who are just like you say driven mad because of a lack, lack of a lack of organisation. If stuff's yeah. not organised here, like this whole weekend is very messy for us right. because of all the movements, and it drives me mad. Yeah. And I think most tour managers are just naturally like very particular about stuff and it just fits it yeah. just fits right amazing so how did you how did you end up with frank then well frank um uh frank i met nearly 20 years ago uh same thing with the holloways i lived in a pub called nambuka in london oh, okay so this all goes back so, to nambuka yeah yeah if, if you know any <laughs> of the songs then you probably know about nambuka so i lived there with jay beans and yeah. toast dave danger who's in the holloways yeah. Uh, that's we ran a nightclub called Frog, and um, I used to run all the guest lists for them, and I, I did a lot of nightclub stuff before I met them. And um, yeah, we we all just kind of I can't even say ran that place, just kind of muddled together and made some businesses work, and yeah. somehow it it worked. And it you know Frog ran for about four years, but yeah. our, I've somewhere I've got written down our full lineup for those four years and it's absolutely mad the yeah, bands yeah. we had there kaiser chiefs was in the first few weeks Razorlight was our first band block party um our last band was calvin harris and no <laughs> i remember at the time because we didn't really um we didn't really announce it the internet was kind of a, a newish thing right yeah. then we it was all about forums mm-hmm. and we would yeah, only yeah. announce the band that week you couldn't pre-buy tickets they played at 30 minutes for played for 30 minutes at 1am yeah. that was it so th- it was about the night you came from the nightclub not the band yeah. but obviously once people knew who the band was they'd line up and our last one was Calvin Harris and everyone was like who the fuck is this I've never heard of this guy 
Do you know what I mean? And that was our last band, and it yeah. was a bit of a like, Ooh, you know, what's what, with the why sunglasses? Are they, why are they going out with this? <laughs> what's this dance nonsense? And then you look at it now, and yeah. it's fucking Calvin Harris Absolutely. for us, and we're all drunk. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, my alarm's sorry. going off. How very unprofessional of me. Um, you turned it off. <laughs> I don't know what that alarm was for. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so uh, Frank met us around that time. He used to yeah. come to Nambuka. I met him. He says we were put on a pub quiz team together. I don't remember that, but uh, apparently that's what happened. So me and him wanna got got like just shoved together, and yeah. then we used to, we just we just clicked. We're just really great friends. He'd come up, and um, I lived upstairs, so we just like when he was back in London, we just spend nights generally arguing about music. Okay. We have very different music tastes. Okay. What's what's the what's the biggest clash? Uh, I love Britpop. Oh yeah, he's not a fan. No, he doesn't know what he's talking <laughs> about, obviously, but. I know he's into music and stuff, but <laughs> I, do, I disagree. Um, yeah, I'm massively into Britpop. So. Who's, who's your who's your sort of Blair? Okay, you're a Blair. Hands down. I went to see Damon Albarn about yeah. four weeks ago in Manchester. Amazing. Yeah. Solo stuff, alternative stuff. His yeah, his stuff is incredible. So um, so yeah, we just like we'd argue about music till the wee yeah. early hours, and um, I thought you know I said long time like you owe me a gig, you owe me a gig, and then we did Levelers together. Yeah. Um, so, uh, don't even know what year. 2008. There we go. 2008. Um, he, well, was, he like, was solo. He was solo. Yeah. He was opening for le- or like yeah. main support for Levelers. He said, "Just come and drive me," because he didn't drive. Okay. So I was like, "Yeah, fine." And then on the last show, uh, we were driving from Oxford up to Glasgow, I think, and I got a phone call saying the pub was burning down, Nambuka was burning down, and I was oh. just like. Uh, I think I need to go home, so I put him on a put him on a train, and he trained up, and I drove back to the pub to work out what we could salvage, wow. and that was the end of Nambuka. That was the day that Nambuka burned yeah. down, and uh, luckily for me, I was because I was on tour. I had my laptop, my yeah. driving license, my pass. I had all my stuff I needed, and so nothing was. Yeah, we we, we lost wow. a lot, but that was yeah. Me, me and Frank and each have a long time, and then since then. Uh, I came. I kind of came on board full time with his crew about 2012. Right. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Been plain sailing ever since. I, re- I remember that Levelers tour. I remember. Do you? Yeah, played Leeds. Um, and uh, friends who's, who's around somewhere at the festival today. We, it was a, another friend's birthday. We were definitely quite drunk. Um, <laughs> it's a level of show. You kind of have yeah, to be. Yeah, well, right? yeah, yeah. It's prerequisite. <laughs> um, and yeah, we were very excited that Frank was playing as well. He'd got a stump box he did. thing. I said this the other day. Yeah, yeah he's got, I think uh, Skinny Lister show. are doing that now. They've got a yes. stump box as well. Yeah. yeah. Someone mentioned um, it. And he played... Uh, he, I think because we were being massively obnoxious, it, just enthusiastically drunk and <laughs> loving the fact that that we that we were getting to see Frank for the first time in ages. Yeah. Um, and I think he dedicated, I think he might have dedicated Love Iron Song to us <gasps> to shut us up, basically. Yeah. But we were just like, yes! That didn't work. That was, yeah. That's my favourite song! He knows how to win over a crowd, I have yeah. to say. I think that tour was possibly the, from what I remember... He'd just written the road, right. and he was yeah. he was playing that for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I believe that, that was that feels right. Yeah, yeah. And I also on that tour because we were just sitting listening to the radio in the car for like six hours a day. Um, did he you sneak ha- any Britpop in? No, no, not quite. Oh. But I did. I did manage to sneak something in. He, um, I think that was the tour. He was asked to do uh, live lounge, right? And yeah. you have to do a 
cover. cover yeah. You have to do a modern cover. And obviously, he didn't listen to any modern music. <laughs> and I was like, there's definitely good stuff. You've got to do it like... And I was like, there's definitely things you can play here. And take that, Greatest Day was like number two. And I was like, this is a great song. And I love also love Take That because okay. I'm a 90s child. And um, yeah, and I was like, do this. And he, he ended up doing Greatest Day, which I'm sure he'll say that that wasn't my idea but it was so and it's, it's on, on record, record now yeah <laughs> <laughs> excellent so in, in terms of, kind of what's happened over the last 18 months obviously I mean I think I saw you just before I saw you in York yeah yeah yes yeah, so I was going to chat to Jess um, and then a couple of, of days later everything kind of got pulled yeah how, that was a mad time how has it been for the last 18 months um so I personally i can't sit still really and i knew that i would go a bit crazy sat at home and um, obviously at the start of lockdown no one quite knew how long things yeah. were gonna go on for um i and i i just kind of everything was gonna be cancelled obviously frank's my my only artist now really i yeah. do a little bit of other stuff but um he, he's the main guy i go out with so if he wasn't touring, I wasn't touring. Mm-hmm. And um, we were having to cancel. We had to immediately cancel the uh, Southern Hemisphere tour, which was about yeah. to happen about two weeks later. We had to cancel America. Um, so all I was doing was cancelling stuff. But I knew I couldn't sit at home. And um, I live in Manchester. Uh, I don't have. I live in a centre, so I don't have a car. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of thinking, if I get a job, I'm going to... I don't mind getting a job. I, yeah. I, I just like working, quite honestly. But I'd need to get something in town. And all the mm-hmm. supermarkets had gone like that. Yeah. So um, the Nightingale opened. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. At GMEX. So that was yeah. like 20 minutes walk from my house. And I went, they... they Someone put a shout out on Facebook for volunteers. I went, I'm going to volunteer there. Just give yeah. me something to do. I can't be stuck in my flat. I live in a flat. I don't have a garden. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't be in this full halls for <laughs> however long. So I went there to volunteer, signed up. That got called next day it was opening three days later yeah. got called next day they said um, we actually don't have the right insurance to have volunteers do you want a paid job and I went, <laughs> I went yeah I'll have a paid job yeah. that works and then my partner was like oh, do you have more positions and I went do you want, want more people and he went yeah yeah so he came down as well oh, so me and my partner um, started working there he then went back to pubs um, which obviously then they started getting locked down again and he mm. went and worked now he works at Test and Trace Right, the manager yeah, yeah. test and trace but um, I stayed at the Nightingale till January wow. so it closed in March I think 20 yeah. what were you in 2021 so yeah I stayed till January till wow. New Year's Day this was my last day because I then moved on to TV and um, Beck 2 which is one of the unions was doing quite a big push to move a lot of uh, music industry people um, into television Right, okay. Because uh, TV, in order to fulfil their insurance mm-hmm. uh, prerequisites, had to have a COVID department. And it's a brand new department in television. They don't have enough people to fill it. So they were getting stage managers, production managers, tour managers to train <laughs> yeah. up, moving telly. There's so many. It's such a similar industry. It's radios, yeah. it's porter cabins, it's artists. It's, you know, yeah. it's very similar. Getting things to where it needs to be Logistics, on time with what it needs to be. Urgency, yeah. like lack of sleep <laughs> there's so many similarities <laughs> um, but yeah and so um, so I, I got my first job in that um, doing a period drama with Tom Hiddleston and Claire oh, Danes <laughs> that was very cool that was my first job and um, doing Covid coordinating for that and then moved on to the Harry Styles film oh, and then wow. on to uh, back came up back, back up to Manchester and did um, a BBC crime drama with Maxine Peake 
Nice. Um, and then Landed the on week, your feet with that. Didn't I you? was just like, well, <laughs> there's so much work in TV. Yeah. They really, they are struggling for people, especially now because all the music people are going back. Yeah. And I'm still on a lot of groups, and they're just like, anyone can anyone work tomorrow yeah. kind of thing, and it's. They, they are they are struggling. They'll always make it through because there's a lot of people coming into TV. Yeah. But it's one of the only ways you can move across in TV because normally you'd always start at the bottom and yeah. move up. But it's a good it's good to do. I live in Manchester, so it was always a bit of a yeah. You've got the media city and everything. Exactly. There's so much going on there. Oh, so now I'm working on Corrie in between uh, doing this. <laughs> actually, I work on Coronation Street. I've got a job. I've got um. I'm going back on Friday. Brilliant. Back onto the cobbles. <laughs> yeah, I did three days last week in between festivals. Amazing. I'm uh, working on Coronation Street. It's a tram away from my house. It's brilliant. that's awesome. So, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. How's How's Manchester? How can you move to moved up north? Love it. It's I did a tour. I, I sort of I moved out of London to help my mum like downsize and stuff back to Kent um, ten odd years ago, and then realised that I hadn't moved back. And suddenly it was like two, three years later, and I just hadn't really moved back yet. And I um, was just looking to buy a place, and I I, I figured I can either buy uh, move back to London and rent or buy a place anywhere else in yes. the entire world yeah. they're my two options um, so I went I ended up at that time going on a tour doing VI, the VIP managing with Take That and um, one of my faves I was going to yeah, say how you said that pretty feet. fucking coolly <laughs> <laughs> I love Take That so much uh, yeah absolutely brilliant job absolutely brilliant crew they have such a good team it's such a good tour that, and they only tour every sort of three years or so yeah. that everybody who does it always tries to make sure they're off so they can do it again because nice. it is such a good yeah. camaraderie on that on that tour it's a good bunch of people and um, but because I had VIP managing I wasn't tour managing I wasn't in charge yeah. so I actually got a chance to like see the cities we were in oh, and yeah, we were doing yeah. multiple cities yeah. so um, sorry multiple dates at cities yeah, yeah. so I, I sort of went in everywhere with a view of could I live here got to Manchester everyone lives in Manchester yeah. all to take that loads of crew there's a really big music industry touring oh, contingent right. in Manchester because you really central isn't it it's central you can get up to Scotland you can get down to London in yeah. two and a half hours you're right next to an airport um, it's just very straightforward to like get anywhere it's a fantastic city yeah. I mean are steady so... on we're in Yorkshire let's, oh, let's calm no. it down a little bit you guys are neighbours <laughs> do you know what it's the north my dad's from Manchester as well so yeah. like I have a little bit of affinity there but like yeah, my dad's from Manchester as well. I mean, there you yeah. go. It's, but it's it's friendly. Yeah. The north is friendly, and like uh, it's the uh, the first day I was there, I bumped like I shoulder bumped someone in the street. We just knocked into each other, and she went, "Oh, sorry, love, are you okay? You know, are you alright?" She didn't get stabbed. I just went, "Can can you see me?" Because <laughs> I I just come from London, and it, yeah. all you try and do is avoid people's gaze, go to every shop, and don't talk to it. Do you know what I mean, I end up like talking to people in shops twenty minutes. Yeah. It's just stuff it's, takes longer because of that. It does, it? but it's so nice, and I was just like, "This is the place." And then um, to like round out the story, I went. I, I then went there in between tours, stayed in a hotel to try and um, so I could view flats. Yeah. And um, in the first week I was there, I met my partner. We've been together for five Amazing. years now. Yeah. Formed a full it's life. Just meant just to be. Went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just clicked everything. Clicked into place. So. Awesome. So, yeah. Just going back to the Kent thing, I've just realised yeah. the Tunbridge Wells thing. How long were you around there? So I, I lived in Tunbridge. My mum's yeah. still in Tunbridge, which is next to Tunbridge Wells. Yeah. Um, but yes, it, uh, since I was like 10, I, 10 I'm, to about I'm, 30. I'm pretty sure I went to uni with a guy from there who was in a band that used to play there a lot. 
Oh, really? Called Introverse. So, Tunbridge Wells, I, even though I went to the Union Bar in Tunbridge Wells, once I hit drinking age, mm. 18, honest, um, <laughs> um, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I end up going to Maidstone. And actually, Tunbridge ah, Wells okay. yeah, yeah. and Maidstone have quite different scenes. In fact, Kent has quite yeah. insular scenes. So, like, there's a Canterbury scene, there's a Tunbridge Wells scene, there's a Maidstone scene. Yeah. I think there's, like, a Gillingham and Chatham scene as well. They're, like, it's even though it's all very close, but I think because it's so close to London, yeah. it's very easy to get in. So yeah, yeah. people can kind of, like, they. it's kind of just... Uh, subset of the London scene basically and there's okay. there's a lot going on but yeah yeah cool yeah no it sounded, sounded like a great place from the stories that he told so but yeah it the forum was I went there once and the forum so is so much fun the bomb and I I joined their Patreon um, when lockdown happened Frank's played there a ton of times mm. he um, he's really good friends of the guys there I think Mark David from Music Venue Trust yeah. um, like does stuff there as well and like you know, I didn't know that Mark... I think Mark and Bev met there. Like, they, they lived in Tunbridge Wells a long time ago as well. So, like, wow, there's so yeah, many yeah. connections to Tunbridge Wells Forum. And, and so when lockdown happened, I know they were really struggling. They put up Patreon and they were like, if you get this level, you can have a brick. And I went, <laughs> yes. oh, I want a brick. So yeah. I we did our... one of When shows came back on the Freedom Day week, yes. our first show, with the second show was Tunbridge Wells Forum. Excellent. Um, and I went, I got to see my brick. Nice. Got a picture nice. with my brick that has a little plaque with my name <laughs> on it, and that's but that's cool for me. I'm like yeah. forty. Do you know what I mean, I've just turned forty. I was going there since I was fifteen, yeah. and it's where I learnt to do this. It's where I learnt that I wanted to do this, and yeah. this has been my life. And uh, now you've got a bit of history. It's yeah, exactly. It's it's all it's full circle, and I love that. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. So one last thing before before I let you go. Obviously, over the over the pandemic, live streaming became a thing. How? What's what's your view on that going forward? Um, I think live streaming definitely like fills it fills a gap, and it's a good thing for so many people. But it's actually very complicated to put into place on a tour, mm-hmm. and I think people don't really understand that. For a lot of people, um, think it's as simple as like holding up a phone. And what was that? What was that app that everyone did a few years ago? Is it called like Parachute or something? What I, was that? There was an I, app that like you could like stream like you just did it at the start of shows and like and and yeah i can't remember what it was called but it was about a year everyone was doing it and right. they were just sort of doing it on their phones but it's not good quality and yeah. you're you know it's like if the wi-fi in the venue is rubbish because you've got three thousand people in there then yeah. it's just not going to work and like with touring with shows you it's just another element which has to be put in um which costs money yeah um, and you know it's things like cameras in pits impede people's views impede like where photographers go in safety and security if they're if it's cameras on stage again yeah. it's impeding views impeding the bands um, from a logistics point of view it's not the reason it's not really been a thing before the pandemic is because it's not as straightforward as you'd think yeah to put into place it's extra crew it's extra you know technical stuff a whole technical side of it more stuff to go wrong more exactly um you know you saw what happened with glastonbury yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean just it, it's, there's all there's so many things and i and i totally appreciate like there's people who can't get to shows and it can you know give your bring your show out to a wider audience who outside of people that can get there yeah um but touring, it, I, I just like I just want people to know it's it's not as simple as you think, and like it's worked great 
over pandemic it's been a real tool it's been a real lifeline for a lot of people and the shows they've put out they've been streamed only shows like the one we did at christmas yeah um you know like the 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 ones in wall up hall and stuff like that they've looked amazing because they've been exclusively filmed streamed that's been a project in itself it is yeah Yeah. it's a music video but a live one and it's incredible the amount of time that goes into that and preparation doing that every down the road is a whole different kettle of fish Mm. and um, I think it's something that people would love to be able to do more I think we're going to try and do a bit of it with Lost Evenings Um, but you know again that's static that's in one place so we can we can make that happen a lot easier Um, but yeah there's I think it will hopefully stay alongside things. And you know what? It just opens up more live music to people. It means that you can have shows and live streams yeah. separately even. Do you know what I mean? Not at the same time. It means people can still, still, people still carry on doing stuff in their bedrooms. And mm-hmm. like, out, you know, if bands can't tour for whatever reason, then it means that, you know, audiences in America can sit, still see shows, just maybe not the live shows if it doesn't work out yeah. that way. But there's still Billy Bragg still doing the stable things mm. and like I watched the television one the other day and like it's still happening I don't think it's ever going to go away yeah. I think it's just going to run alongside touring and um, it just gives people more opportunities to see shows which is great yeah absolutely I, you know, I got to see a load of bands that I'd never seen live before yeah. um, and got to see them in totally different environments like you say you saw them in the living room yeah. you know I mean Jay Beans did did some great ones. That chair is amazing, <laughs> um, and yeah, this, yeah, it's just been really nice to see a different element and a slightly more vulnerable element to some artists. Yeah. Where you know they're completely stripped back, yeah. there's not hiding behind anything. So that, that's been really interesting. But it's, it's like it's like you get Sky Arts basically, yeah. but like on. Do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, not everyone has it. access to Sky Arts? But Sky Arts has great it live, uh, you know, content. But this way. Other people that don't have Sky can have it. And, like, I know Billy... I just I saw Billy Billy Bragg's one was... He was doing Q&As. Yeah. Afterwards, he did two on different time zones so that yeah. the Americans could partake. And he was doing Q&As from the audience, but then he chose 50 people who would be on the Zoom with him. Oh, wow. As well. Right, yeah. Do you yeah. mean? And, like, you can't do that at a show. No. So, yeah, it just... It brings it, it brings more. There's just more elements now that yeah. everyone's going to enjoy. It's great. Cool. Excellent. Well, good luck with all of those then. <laughs> yeah, Lost Evenings next. Yes. That's going to be fun. We're, we're there. We're, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Look, like it looks week. great. It looks great. And I mean, every year, well, not every year, but whenever, every time it's been on, yeah. the lineup's insane. Just it's, seems to have a real pull. Yeah, th- this time it's... Um, we, we we should have been like a few steps ahead and you know obviously pandemic's put everything back mm. a little bit so we've gone back to roundhouse but i love that i yeah. love doing the shows at roundhouse i think the first two we did there where we really just learnt it were fabulous yeah. um but this it, is fine we're now back at a starting point which means that we can grow every year again and yeah. it'll just yeah it's it's just gonna keep going it's great absolutely great well thanks very much tree i think we're bang on time yeah oh look at that spot on i'll How take your job left? soon <clears throat> well less than a minute oh less than that. a minute 12 that's a pro yeah that's a pro move i'll have your job next <laughs> awesome thank you very much and no doubt i'll be hassling you again soon for more time with with somebody that part of your touring party no problem anytime you're awesome. welcome cheers tree thanks thank bye. you so there it is episode 50 featuring tour manager tree stead um I already have three requests ready to go out to Tree for early 2022, so no doubt our paths will cross again. Um, And I hope you agree that Tree was an absolute delight um, and lovely to chat to whilst also being a living legend in her field. 
so 50 episodes down here's to the next 50 um, as always thanks very much for listening feel free to share this far and wide uh, you know give us a five-star review on the itunes and and all the rest um but yeah thank you very much to everybody that's listened and shared i will leave you now to the rest of your day so thanks very much for listening and good night <laughs>